everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you are with me this week. I have a new guest that is is new on the podcast, but I know he is familiar to many of you. I'm with Dr. Jeff Myers this week, and he is from Summit Ministries. He's the president of Summit Ministries. And so I know many of you are probably familiar with Summit and maybe you've even heard him on other podcasts. I know he's been on, you've been on Heidi St. John's podcast a few times, I, have. I think. And, um, you know, Heidi's a good friend of ours. And so I, I love just the relationship. And we, several weeks ago, uh, we were talking with Sam Sorbo and Sam was telling us how her daughter had attended the, one of the summit student conferences last summer. And she said, you've got to send Brooklyn to this conference. She would absolutely love it. And so we looked into it. We showed it to Brooklyn and she said, yeah, I'd really like to go. And so that just started this whole relationship with Summit. And we're so excited to have Dr. Jeff with us this week. And we're going to talk a lot about worldview. We're going to talk about how to just win the hearts of our kids. You know, we talk about worldview oftentimes on this podcast, but we're going to dig deep again this week into that and really also how to help our kids learn how to become true leaders in the culture in which they're living. And so it's going to be a great conversation. And I'm really glad to have Dr. Jeff with me. But before we get into it, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you guys are looking for a great homeschool curriculum that is for any subject, any age, any grade, whatever it is you're looking for, they've got something for you that comes again, as we're talking about worldview, BJU Press has a really good, solid biblical worldview curriculum. So if you've not yet checked them out, Check them out at bjupresshomeschool.com. They will truly encourage a love of learning and help your children to develop a strong biblical worldview. bjupresshomeschool.com. Well, Dr. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. I am so delighted to have you with me this week. Introduce yourself to us really quickly. Tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about your family and what you do. Well, my name is Jeff Myers. I'm the president of Summit Ministries. We're located in a little hippie town in Colorado called Manitou Springs, right at the foot of Pikes Peak. And the purpose of the ministry is to equip and to support the rising generation to embrace God's truth and to champion a biblical worldview. I've been involved with this ministry for a long time. I'm sure I'll have a chance to tell my story as we go. But my family and my wife Stephanie and our family live here in. Colorado, most of us, and we have, uh, you know, we have really enjoyed working with homeschool students in our our program. I, I remember when our first homeschool students came to Summit Ministries. I had just come out to help for the summer when I was in college, and now about fifty percent of the students who come to a Summit Ministries program have been homeschooled at some point in their lives. So it's it's really extraordinary. Yeah, so cool. It, um, it's so interesting. Years ago, well actually 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago, to be exact, when I was a senior in high school, one of our textbooks for our Bible class was called Understanding the Times. And I remember at the time, it seemed like, why do I need to understand the times? Why do I need to understand what's going on in this world around me? And, you know, just, I was kind of just living life as most teenagers do, unaware and um, just uninterested. Is that a word? Uninterested? That's a, the, <laughs> Did I just make up a word? It's, it, no, no, it's it's a good word. Sad Is that a word. good word? Good okay. word. <laughs> uninterested. Yeah. Uninterested in the world around me. And I didn't really care too much about culture. I didn't care about politics. I really only cared about kind of myself, you know, 
and my friends and what we were going to do, you know, the next weekend and whose house we were going to go hang out at. And that was my world. That's really what I, I cared about. And I did not have it, it. I went to a Christian school my whole life, but I did not have a really strong, solid biblical worldview. It just Bible was kind of a class that I took at school and it was kind of incorporated into other things. And I went to church on Sundays and I went to youth group on uh, Wednesdays. But there was just something missing in my foundation that I feel like even as an adult, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, what really is my worldview? I know it's God. I know it's the Bible. But how do I incorporate that into my everyday life? And so I want to talk about that this week. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this generation that's currently coming up. And you said for these student conferences that you do, and you've got a gap year program at Summit, all these things, you're, you're getting a firsthand look at hundreds and hundreds or thousands, maybe, I don't even know how many kids go, who are trying to figure this out. So what are you seeing from your point of view? What are you seeing that these kids are holding on to? What are their thoughts? What are their worldviews? What is actually happening to these high school and college students today? Um, It might take some time to unpack this. So I'm glad we have a little bit of time. But I do, I do have the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of young people. Our ministry is privileged to work with 70,000 young people every wow. year. Wow. And, and I'm able to meet with them, especially the students who attend our iconic program, which is our, our 11-day in-person program that you mentioned that your daughter's planning to come to. Yeah. So I, I'm with them, I don't know, 20 so hours a week. And then I do about 30 events a year outside of our Summit Ministries events around the United States and even around the world. And so in most of those, I'm spending some time working with young adults. I'll just give you a quick example. I was with a Christian school in Oklahoma just a couple of weeks ago, and I I knew I was going to have two hours with them plus a Q&A time. We always have Q&A. That's a huge part Mm -hmm. of what we do at Summit because we want students to learn how we dialogue about mm-hmm. difficult issues and how they can in turn learn to dialogue about them as well. I don't think you can really say that you understand something unless you're unless you're really prepared to talk about it with someone who sees things differently. So I, I was with this group in, in Oklahoma and I asked them ahead of time, listen, would you ask the students to submit questions? Well, what kind of questions? Well, any questions they have about God, any questions they'd like to ask God, any questions they have about God, any questions they have about what's going on in the world. They told me when I got there, um, I don't know how we're going to manage all of this. We have 225 questions oh, wow. that the students have <laughs> submitted. It was, it's, it's absolutely the case in our programs here. We tell students, bring your questions with you. Why is that so important for this generation? Because so many young adults have grown up with technology that that tells them, listen, you you are going to be compared to every other person in the world. And and you are, uh, what you think is only true for you. There aren't big truths out there that can be found. Most students find that energizing at first. I am the center of reality. But then they very quickly realize how horrifying it would be. Because if you're the center of reality, you don't have an answer. There's literally no one else in the world who can help you. You are all on your own. 
So students are always asking questions like, okay, I don't have a problem believing that there's a God, but how do I know that God is good? Right? It's not God's godness that students question for the most part. Right. It's his goodness. How things are going bad in the world. And how do we how do we explain how we explain God with that? I mean, he has the power to stop it. Why doesn't he stop the the bad? They start with questions like that. Then they go on to questions like identity. Where who am I actually? Do I have a purpose in this world? Why am I so anxious in the times in which I live? And and the more students feel safe to ask those kinds of questions. And by safe, I, I don't mean that they know they know people who will answer every question with 100% certainty, but they know people who will say, I want to hear you. I want to ask more. I want to know you. I want to, I see you. Sure. And I'm going to walk with you. Then they're all on board. They're all on board. But until then, it's hard to imagine why a young person would care about a biblical worldview. You know, what, what exactly are you asking of me? Are you just asking me to be involved in politics? You know, what, what's going on here? But what you believe about God's nature will determine what you believe about reality itself. Do we actually, are we actually here? Do we actually have a real world? Um, maybe this is all just imaginary. Maybe the people in downtown Manitou Springs are right that this world is just an illusion and every, all reality is spiritual. You know, then what you believe about reality will determine what you believe about what's right or wrong. How, how should I act? The question in life is not, okay, what does good, what does it mean to be good? The question is, why should I be good? Mm-hmm. What's the basis for that? Why should I do anything at all? And so you, then you, you work from there and you realize, wow, every single thing about mental health, every single thing about what makes a healthy society, what makes a healthy economy, what makes a healthy legal system, what makes a healthy political system, all of those things flow from that one very first question that we ask. It's so interesting when we think about the concept of asking questions. And this is something that has been new to me since I've started homeschooling and we've, we're in our 13th year of homeschooling now. And so, uh, you know, over the past years, I've tried to become better at asking questions to my girls. And the reason is because when I grew up, when I was in school, and again, I went, I went to a good Christian school. I, I really loved my school. I loved many of my teachers, but when you're sitting in a classroom, information and knowledge is just fed to you. Right. And you might be asked questions on a test, but I know for myself, basically it was like, you know, when was World War II? You know, what are the dates of World War II? Well, I mean, I could memorize some dates, I guess, but it was just facts. It wasn't critical thinking. It wasn't me really having to think through who is God? Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? And it was just facts that were fed to me. And then I regurgitated them on a test. And then I promptly forgot about <laughs> what, right. what yes. those answers were. And so it really is a whole different world. And it's one of the things I love about homeschooling is that we have an opportunity as parents to ask questions to our kids, to get them really thinking about those things. And there are a lot of questions. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but my girls ask more questions than I ever asked growing mm. up about everything. And I think, I guess it's because we have these conversations at home and that leads to them asking questions and thinking, you know, that, that chain of thought, you know, well, what about this? Well, okay, well then what about this and this and this? And, um, and so, and, and I appreciate that you say 
it's not because we have all the answers, but we know who does have all the answers. God's word has all the answers. And so being able to point them back to the only source of truth, which is the word of God, we have such a great opportunity, but not just an opportunity, we have a responsibility to do that with our kids. And so, you know, homeschooling allows us that, that, um, opportunity to be able to do that on a day-to-day basis with our kids. So I love that you put, you're putting the facts of the world into a context where those become meaningful. Right. Now, if I could go, if I could tell Sunday school teachers anything, I would tell them, look, it's not, it's not so much how do we build a boat like Noah built? It's how do we have the kind of relationship with God that Noah had? Oh yeah. yeah. In World War II, it's yes, it's important to know the timeline of where World War II happened, but how did the Nazis and the Japanese imperialists and the Italian fascists come to believe what they believed? Mm-hmm. Why did they think that they could do to other people what they did? Right. And how would we know whether that is right or wrong? Yeah. Those are the big questions that people all over the world still struggle with today. Yeah. And, and I find that when my students are given that, opportunity to consider, oh, how how would I see that from a biblical worldview? They feel that they've been given sort of an entrance into the club of adulthood. Mm -hmm. And then they they feel like, oh, okay, so what I think really does matter here, and I need to learn how to understand the times in which I live. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely all goes back to that foundation. Uh, You know, we've talked oftentimes about the foundation of, uh, of what we're the foundation that we're laying for our children. And when you look at a house that's being built, they don't build the walls first, they build the foundation first and you have to have a really solid foundation. And so that's what we're doing as parents yeah. and that's what you're doing at Summit. And it's such an important thing. Um, and so I wanna talk a little bit more about that, but let's take yeah. a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC Math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Are you looking for a homeschool curriculum that goes beyond textbooks and truly engages your children in the joy of learning? Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written by homeschool parents to specifically meet your needs and captivate your students with hands-on activities and experiments that make learning unforgettable. With an easy-to-follow, open-and-go format, Apologia takes the stress out of planning and provides a simple roadmap that can easily be tailored to your family's needs. Explore live classes or self-paced courses designed to accommodate every student's unique learning style. Elevate your child's education, spark their curiosity, and nurture a lifelong love for learning with Apologia. Discover Apologia today at Apologia.com. We are back with Dr. Jeff Myers. Um, Let's talk really quickly about foundation. Like where, you know, as we're laying this foundation for our kids that we talked about before the break, how do we start from the beginning of you know, their childhood, we've got this precious little baby in our arms. And, you know, I know it's the heart of every parent, every Christian parent, at least it should be the heart of every Christian parent to raise that child, to love and honor God and to follow him and to obey him and to know him and to know his word. Yeah. And so how do we as parents set that foundation for our kids so that when you, 
get them at Summit Ministries, when they come to your student conference at the age of 16, 17, 18, 20 years old, they're like, yeah, I, I get this. This is just kind of reiterating what my parents have taught me, not this is the first time I've ever heard any of this. How do right. we set that foundation for them? Yvette, it seems to me that there are three things that that a, a well-equipped student grasps that, and these may be a little bit surprising because I, I don't know too many people who approach it in this way, but their their image, relationship, and calling. So with image, it is, it is your your identity, your value as an image bearer of God, that you and everybody around you, everybody in the world was made to bear God's image. And there are a couple of specific things we know about that. We know from Genesis chapter one that God made human beings to bear his image, to represent his likeness. And then second of all, that he made them male and female. So recognizing the, the, the actual value of who you are, that you, you are a miracle and everybody around you is, is a miracle. I, I remember just, I love statistics. And my wife, Stephanie, says, you can only use one statistic in every talk because otherwise you're just going on and on <laughs> about, about all of this. But just imagine the, what are the chances that your, you know, that your parents ever met? And then the chances that your parents meeting resulted in children and the chances that, out of your mom's 100,000 eggs and your dad's 4 trillion sperm that you were the one. And then imagine that that same thing was the case for all of your living ancestors. And you realize the chances that you ever came to, to be born at all are something like 1 in 10 to the two, uh, two, two 2,800,000th power. Oh, wow. <laughs> like 10 with two two million eight hundred uh, eight hundred fifty thousand zeros behind it, something like that. Wow. Which is, a, it's it's an in, inconceivable number because right. the total number of atoms in the known universe is only 10 to the 80th power, 10 with wow. 80 zeros behind it. So you look around you, you live in a world of miracles because God made each one of us to bear his image. So many things flow from that, but that's crucial to begin with. I think the second thing that is crucial is relationship. And I, you know, I'm always telling my students, listen, write this on your paper. I need old people. <laughs> you cannot get where you need to go without the wise guiding counsel of people who've been there. Knowledge, yes, we spend so much of our lives seeking knowledge. Well, guess what? Now with machine learning and computer AI, the value of knowledge has gone down to almost zero. Right. I don't need a travel agent to plan my trip overseas anymore because I can get ChatGPT to plan it in 15 seconds. Wow. I don't need a nutritionist to plan my menu because I can get ChatGPT to do it in 15 seconds. What I need is not the knowledge from those people, but the wisdom, okay, about that can only come from experience. Yes, I have been to that country. And yes, this itinerary could work if there's no strike on this rail line, which there is usually that time of the year, right? You see, yeah, that's so, it, so the value of knowledge has gone down to about zero, but the value of wisdom is, is infinite. Scripture says, if it costs everything you have, get that kind of wisdom. So that sort of relationship was really important. Not only did I want my children to know they're special, that they bear God's image, 
and that everyone around them, their siblings even, that this is all a miracle. And the second thing, though, is keeping them in relationship. I wanted my children to know that the most interesting, coolest, most accomplished people you know all love Jesus, Mm. that you're surrounded by that kind of godly community. You know, that's the idea of the body of Christ. And I used that analogy with my kids in a family worship time once. And, uh, you know, they didn't didn't really get that analogy when they were little. What part of the body of Christ are you? (laughs) You know, and they're like, uh... I don't know. One of my kids said, well, Papa, you're a mouth. (laughs) That was their only response. But that relationship was was key to that. And then the third thing is calling. And we can go into more detail about this, but the Apostle Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, it's a super important book because as far as Paul knew, this was the last time he would ever see Timothy, last time he would ever connect. What would you say if you only had one letter left that you could write to somebody you really cared about. And what he says to him is um, to don't, don't forget the calling that you have received. In fact, he says, share in suffering for the sake of the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which were given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who was abolished death and brought life and immortality through the gospel. And you think about the beauty of that passage. We are not to fear death. We are instead to recognize that before the foundation of the world, God has, has arranged for his son to be uh, plan A. And he, through him, we have this holy calling that the translators who translated the, the scripture from, from Greek into Latin use this term, vocationi sancto. And vocationi is our root word for the word vocation which people usually think of as a job, job right? but it's so much more than a job that what you do in your job is actually your opportunity to live out your vocation. Your vocation is your calling. How do you find it? A lot of different ways, but one of them is I had, I just went with my kids and asked them to tell stories. Think all the way back to when you were a tiny child. What were the things you did that you knew were an accomplishment that brought tremendous energy to you, that that produced energy for you and made you feel more alive. And then we just started looking at all of those different things through their lives and seeing that God had been weaving this pattern. So a lot of people say, I, I don't know, man, I just really struggled to understand God's will. Um, but you're not going to miss your calling if you just pay attention to how God designed you. Pay attention to uh, how do I interact in different situations? Some people are extroverts. Some people are introverts. Some people love to plan things out. I was with my, one of my sons the other night. He's the kid who always loved to put the Legos together by himself. And it didn't matter. I could get him a thousand piece. And even when he was little, he wanted to put it together by himself. We had a really ratty uh, car for a long time. And I, he, it's unbelievable how he kept that car running. <laughs> and, and I asked that, you know, we were talking about the other night. He said, I don't know. He said, I just, I knew that when something went wrong, I could figure out what it was and I could fix it. And, it, it, you know, like one thing he fixed took the, took two days to take it all apart, put it back together, you know, but he just, 
He cannot not do that. Right. To me, that would be torture. Put me in prison (laughs) and make me take apart an engine and put it back together. I can't think of anything worse. For him, it returns energy to him and makes him feel more alive. Yeah. So what, what do we do as parents? We affirm. We live in this world of miracles. We're in relationship with other people, little babies all the way to old people, because the body of Christ is like a family. It's not like a class. If everybody at your family reunion was 17, you have a weird family. (laughs) It should be everybody, little ones to the old ones. And then in the middle of all of this, we have a specific holy calling from God that can be lived out in our lives. That produces a kid that has a spiritual foundation, but also understands why it's important and has a sense of how that relates to everything else they do. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. You know, it's, I, I, I want to go back really quickly to you talking about kids being a miracle. And I've never thought of it in the way that you spoke of that. And I just was thinking parenthood is hard. It's really, really hard to be a parent sometimes. And especially for moms, who are home with their kids all day long, you know, sometimes it's the dad who's home with their kids all day long. It can be, we, we can forget that, right? Mm. We can yeah. forget like this child is a miracle mm. from the Lord. And when we have that as our perspective, I think it really can change everything. It changes the way that we see our children. It changes our parenting. It changes our appreciation for them. And it helps us to see God as a it helps us to see him bigger, I think, yes. you know, than he already is. Yeah, yeah. That And that last part is so key because yeah. so many people worship their child as God. Right. They're a little God. No, they're a miracle from God. Right. They're an image bearer of God. I want right. to raise them so that they're a faithful image bearer. Yeah, amen. Wow, such good stuff. We have so much more to talk about. As a matter of fact, I had so many questions for you that I thought, okay, I'm going to have to have you on again because <laughs> there's no way we could get through all the questions and all the things I want to talk about. But we will come back on Wednesday and we will talk uh, more about this topic and, and raising our kids, setting that foundation for them, uh, raising them up to be leaders and just really how to grab onto the hearts of our kids. And uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful to have you with us. Um, Dr. Jeff, where can we learn more about Summit Ministries? especially the 11-day programs that you mentioned that your daughter's yeah. coming to. And she's bringing a couple of friends too, which is, is really, that's really wise yeah. to be able to come and have a fascinating experience in a whole new place, uh, you know, with people who love Jesus, but to bring some of your friends with you yes. so that you rebuild that community when you come home as well. Summit.org Summit. is Org. the website. You can, you know, there are two options when you get there, curriculum and courses. So you can choose, you can choose either one of those and, get some information about how we can connect. Yeah. What really quickly, what are the ages? And we're going to talk um, on Thursday, we'll talk a little bit more about Summit Ministries and about Student Conference. But for those who are listening right now, what are the ages of the kids who come to the summer? Stu- it's, it's it's like summer camp, but way better. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's spiritual leadership, you know, biblical foundation, summer camp for our kids. And they have a ton of fun there as they're learning about God and, and learning to be leaders. Um, what is the age range for these kids coming to these conferences? Yeah, 16 to 22. Okay. So we're, we're mainly lo- working with students who are in that age where okay. they're preparing for either additional education or for their career. Yeah. Okay, great. We will put a link to that in the show notes. And you guys, just so keep these dates in mind. If you register for a student conference before March 31st, you can get their early bird discount, which is $200 off. But on top of that, if you use the code SCHOOLHOUSE24, 
you can get an additional $200 off. So if you use the uh, Schoolhouse 24 and the Early Bird before March 31st, you can get $400 off of your registration. So um, again, we're so excited about Brooklyn and her friends going this summer. And I, I can't wait to come back on the other side of it and, and talk with you again and, and talk about, you know, the things that they learned. And, you know, it's, I, I'm hopeful and I'm excited because we, we can pour so much into our kids, but they need another voice. They need other voices in their lives, telling them the same things and pointing them to Jesus as well. And so I know it's going to be a great couple of weeks for her and her friends, and I'm excited for them to go. So anyway, um, thank you for being with us this week, Dr. Jeff. And you guys stay tuned to the very end to hear what's coming up next on the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube really quickly, I want to give one more quick note. You might see that I have a brand new background. We have a new studio. We have done a complete renovation of our studio, and we are so excited about this. And if you get our newsletters, uh, which by the way, if you are not signed up for a newsletter, you can sign up at our website, schoolhouserocks.com. But if you get our newsletters, you probably know that the reason I have a new studio is because Garrett, my husband, is starting his own podcast called The Thinking Dad. And that's gonna launch sometime probably around April or May. I'm not exactly sure. We don't have a launch date yet, but we are so excited about uh, this new podcast. And so stay tuned for that, The Thinking Dad, and um, enjoy this new studio background. I absolutely love it. We are so thankful for it. Anyway, have a great rest of your day and we will see you back here on Wednesday. Bye. As parents, our greatest hope is that our kids will grow up to be followers of Jesus Christ and live out God's call on their lives. But you also know the world makes it challenging to follow Christ faithfully. That's why I'm so excited about Summit Ministries. Their student conferences give teens and young adults reasons to trust the biblical foundation you've laid for them. Our oldest daughter, Brooklyn, is super excited to go this summer. And if you have a child ages 16 to 22, they can attend a Summit Ministries student conference this summer as well. Get a $200 discount on their in-person conference by using code SCHOOLHOUSE24 at checkout and receive an additional $200 off with their early bird discount when you register by March 31st. Visit summit.org schoolhouse to learn more. That's summit.org slash schoolhouse. So instead of seeking the truth, as Jesus tells us, people today say we speak our truth. There is no true north. There is no direction. There's nothing out there for us. We all kind of have to make it up as we go. The loss of truth led to the rise of self. I mean, people have always talked about self-actualization, self-image, giving value to yourself. That is now on steroids in our culture. It's not just that we want to have regard for ourselves, it's that we now are told you have nothing else besides yourself. You're it, you're all alone in the world. So the loss of truth led to the rise of self. That rise of self led to a loss of purpose because where do I fit in the world if I'm not even sure the world exists outside of things?